When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Fritz Frivolous with continuous live coverage of the corner of Curious Lane and Just Because Boulevard, the epicenter of the alien invasion. And this just in, King Kong is fighting the mobile suit Gundam. And of course, all of this is happening amidst World War IV, making it pure pandemonium. If only Captain Planet were still alive to save us all. Dude, could you imagine? Take a look at a globe. Do you see somewhat of a pattern? Some say the continents look as if they can fit together, almost like a puzzle. Scientists theorize that millions of years ago, the Earth looked vastly different than what we see today. The theory is there was one giant landmass before the tectonic plates started drifting apart, creating seven separate continents. It was one supercontinent scientists have named Pangaea. However, what if Pangaea never separated? What if the tectonic plates never drifted apart? How would this affect life on Earth? Two of the world's greatest geological scientists, Will and Tom, study this topic to discern if there is an answer before going their separate ways. Welcome back, everybody. This is Tom Case. This is Will Stark. Will, this question, I'm going to have to give credit to my wife. She actually uh, was thinking about this the other day. We were, we were driving, I forget where we were driving to, but she started talking about this. And, and I told her, I said, oh, you know what? There's actually there's actually scientists who have kind of touched on this subject. Oh, okay. And the question is, what if Pangaea never separated? Interesting. That's a good question. I like this. Yeah. What if Pangaea never separated? Do you have parameters? Here are are the parameters. Oh, gosh. Here we go. The supercontinent known as Pangaea never separated, creating the separate seven continents we know today. Say that seven times fast. I know, right? (laughs) Uh, So just in case, if we do have listeners who may not be familiar with what Pangaea is, so... What, 200 million years ago? You said? I think it's, yeah, like probably like 300 million years ago or so. Um, I actually have it in one of my Fritz facts here. But we have seven continents that we know of today. But if you kind of look at them, they kind of seem to fit in like a puzzle piece type way. Like if you kind of, yeah. you know, like put them together, they they sort of look like they can fit, right? Yeah. Essentially, the tectonic plates have just moved them apart from each other. Exactly, they were one, one yeah. Massive, and, one point a long time ago. Yeah, and Pangaea was... The what name of scientists this. believe, yeah, is that before they separated into the seven continents that mm. we have today, it was one giant supercontinent, and they named it Pangaea. They say in about 150 million years it'll kind of come back together. Not in the same the same form, way, but, but yeah, the continents they're all will gonna, kind of move back together yeah. for a time to you know being on a globe. I mean, they're all they have. They're it's going to happen sooner or later. You know what I mean? They have to bump into eventuality, each other. I suppose. Yeah, you know what. That actually makes me think. Let me go through the Fritz facts just so that people kind of will understand exactly what we're talking about. Cool. Um, so Fritz, 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 Fritz facts at the beginning. This is new. <laughs> I know. I'm right? not used to this. <laughs> Don't get used to it. <laughs> <laughs> just <laughs> uh, so uh, the first Fritz fact: Pangaea is a supercontinent that existed during the late Paleozoic and early Mesozoic eras. It assembled from earlier continental units, approximately. 335 million years ago and began to break apart about 175 million years ago. Mm. Uh, Number two, the size of Pangaea was roughly 148.43 million square kilometers, Mm. which is around 57.83 million square miles. Okay. Uh, Nowadays, I know, right? Now, yeah, the United States, you know, we have to have it a little differently. Nowadays, the area of all the continents of the planet is 148.33 million square kilometers. Is that roughly the same? I don't remember um, what you said. Roughly the same. Okay. Yeah, the other one was... Uh, actually, the other one was 148.43. Now it's 148.33. 
So a little bit less. A little bit less. A little bit less. We lost something there. Okay. Yeah. And then number three, scientists believe that Pangaea broke apart for the same reasons that the plates are moving today. The movement is caused by the convection currents that roll over in the upper zone of the mantle. Mm. Uh, this movement in the mantle causes the plates to move slowly across the surface of the Earth. So the objective of this question is going to see how life and civilizations would be <clears throat> would differ from today. Okay. Wait, were there any other parameters you had? No. Okay. Um, okay, Pangaea never moved. I think off the bat, like, humanity doesn't come to be. I, that's oh the, really? Oh, definitely. Th- uh, well, maybe not definitely, but mm-hmm. all ninety nine point nine 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 percent. Because I also don't think the dinosaurs get wiped out in this universe. Because I think it's and maybe I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure uh, the asteroid that hits hits on land. And if Pangaea is condensed down, mm-hmm. we're talking about a mega yeah, ocean, a mega ocean the, yeah. the likes of which we couldn't even imagine. I think the asteroid almost, well, not maybe not almost, definitely, much higher chance of hitting the ocean. And if it hits the ocean, uh, I mean, we're still looking at a mass extinction event. But you got you have to remember, be. when the when the asteroid hit that wiped out the dinosaurs, I think something like 99.5% of all life on Earth got wiped out. Like, everything bigger than a fucking chicken went. Yeah. Um, I don't think that happens. I think I'll, like we're looking at more like 80%. I think some dinosaurs make it. I just think there's a much higher chance. And if the dinosaurs don't die out, mm-hmm. um, I think it makes it much harder for uh, mammals to, to start trying to take over the world. Yeah. So, uh, And that's only one part of it. Like, let's yeah. say somehow primates really, really do manage to flourish and make it somehow. Um, and some of them start getting smart. Um you got massive inclement weather to talk about here. We're, I mean, we're talking about monsoons and hurricanes so much bigger than anything we get today because there's nothing to stop them when it starts. Let's say Pangea is on one side of the world of mm-hmm. a hurricane starts on the other. It's just going to keep going until something slows it down. It's going to, and then it's going to hit Pangea and it's going to devastate. And then no, it'll I eventually stop. That, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we got planets in the solar system that have hurricanes that, have been going for millions of years because nothing's there to stop them. Yeah, like, like on Jupiter, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. like Jupiter. Um, there's another one on Neptune. Um, I think this one is there one on uh, Saturn? Uh, there, there could be. I mean, essentially, the roiling uh, gases are just one big hurricane, yeah. anyways. But um, so I'm thinking we're getting massive, massive inclement weather. I think at the center of this big land mass, we're going to get mega deserts, where yeah. at the very center, there's just no life. But you know, like. The big rings of desolation around that as well. Eventually, I think we're going to get like a mega rainforest at the center, right? Because mm-hmm. the equator, and um, and I think I think the the weather's going to roll through. But I think with the mountains that are going to form on this mega continent, I think we're getting huge swaths of desert. I think the only yeah. super habitable areas on Pangaea are going to mostly be like the first I don't know X hundred miles of the coast inland. Yeah, that's I what mean, I think. Even, but like you, you did mention mountains, which I mm-hmm. kind of find interesting because, like, that would still wouldn't that still suggest that that they're moving something's moving underneath towards it, right? Wouldn't that be kind well, of like Pangea how mountains, had mountains? Yeah, well, yeah, I mean to begin with, but I mean I'm just saying, like, now any other kind of land change probably wouldn't happen if nothing's moving at that point. If we want to go right? that far, yeah, that's true. But then that opens up a can of worms because, like, there have been theories saying that life may only be possible on earth because of a lot of the tectonic changes happening Mm -hmm. and so like i don't know how true that is and i certainly haven't read up on any of that stuff recently but like we no life no life on earth and discussion i know right okay (laughs) everybody bye have a good one (laughs) inclement weather mega deserts (laughs) super rainforest um if humans somehow have shown up on this planet, we got to deal with dinosaurs and who knows what other mega predators. God knows it's out in the ocean. Like, think about yeah, how big things the, get now. Exactly. It like, would be gigantic. Yeah. And think huge. about, like, all the prehistoric aquatic animals, like the like the, the shark, the megalodon, or the neoplorodon, or the plesiosaur. Like, maybe a lot of those things don't get wiped out because, you know, they live in the water and there's a goddamn lot of it. And who knows mm-hmm. how much bigger they get? Who knows how big whales get? Who knows how big uh, cephalopods can get? Like, it's going to be a big, bad world yeah. out there in the ocean. that, And people are going to have to deal with it because, like, uh, sailing becomes just such a huge amount of the travel that human civilization, if we, if there is one, has to do to get anywhere, like, far away. Yeah. And then you got you to gotta figure, even if they did that, mm-hmm. 
with such a because the rest of the earth is ocean there's mm-hmm. no other landmass yeah, there's out nothing there. out there so yeah. after a while uh-huh. i mean they really could they're really going to just sail around and well, just no run. one would ever make it no one yeah no I, one I, would no one but would like make it it would be you would think after a while they'd be like okay we're not going to go back out there yeah. there's nothing there like yeah. why would we go back out there I wouldn't unless even, it was for like i wouldn't even be surprised you know, if food like, purposes or fishing right or something like that. i wouldn't be surprised if people super think the world's flat like um because I don't think – I think let's say humanity exists in this world. I think by now we're lucky if we're at the early Iron Age. Oh, really? Yeah, because I just think survival is just going to be so brutal. Like progress is going to be just mega slow down. I do want to explore the aspect of, of let's say humans did survive, right? Yeah. And, and they still started to become the dominant species on the planet. Let's say mm-hmm. they figure out a way to you know, protect yeah. themselves or kill off the dinosaurs maybe or whatever. Right. Um, you know, I, I would always think, you know, what would that do with like certain cultural or racial divides? Because now, I mean, technically they could, they would probably still be there. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Because you'll have a group of people on this part of the Pangea and then you have <laughs> right. someone on the far other yeah. side of Pangea. But I kind of would think, I don't know, I would theorize that there may not be as much of that as like there was in our own history only because of the fact that we weren't separated by oceans. You know what I mean? Like there, there may be more of an open, I think you, you know, greatly train. underestimate the history <laughs> of the amount of landlocked tribes killing each other. Oh no, I see. What you, yeah. 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 No, no, I'm not saying, I'm not denying that that would not happen. Yeah. I just feel like since there isn't other, you know what I mean? Since we, we would all already be there. I don't know if it would happen as much. So, okay. I think, I think communication becomes really difficult across long distances in this world compared mm-hmm. to like the, the world that we ended up in, uh, in ancient times, because I think you end up with two impassable boundaries for, for humans. Like, let's say you are a small village on the coast of Pangea. We'll say the, the eastern coast. On one side of you, you have an endless ocean, a re- actually pretty much endless one. There's no crossing it. And there's nothing out there except for death. Um, and then on the <laughs> other side, you have a certain amount of habitable land before it becomes uh, impa- like a massive mountain on the other side of which is an endless wasteland of desert, which is almost certainly exactly how it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're just you're in this on this sliver of land. It's probably a wide sliver, but it's still a sliver. And the only ways to go are north and south along the coast. Which there's more people. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, yeah. I didn't take that into account yeah. where you're saying because most of most of Pangaea would be in uh, uninhabitable. Yeah. So there would only be those two. Yeah. Like, like, okay. like the habitable zone of Pangaea is going to be like I'm just going to throw a random number out there. We'll mm-hmm. say like a 200 to 300 mile wide ring around around the edge, right? Mm-hmm. And so like if Things going on on the West Coast and things going on on the East Coast are completely and utterly separate from each other. And I think that mega rainforest, which is almost definitely going to run through the equatorial center of it, Mm -hmm. probably uh, is a pretty hefty divide between North and South. I think we're going to end up with four main quadrants of society. Oh, which don't start cross-pollinating until seafaring becomes much better. Yeah. And even then, it's going to be <laughs> limited. And you know what I mean? Because, like, people in the northeastern quadrant and people in the southwestern quadrant are so far from each other that at best, at, yeah, at best, they might have only barely even heard of each other, let alone yeah. have ever, ever interacted until much later on in our uh, development. Yeah, see, that's that's interesting because you you know I I I wonder if other people do this too because like the whole time I'm thinking of just this big giant landmass where like mm-hmm. everyone could live anywhere you know mm-hmm. what I mean not thinking of the geography of it across the earth you know com- compared to like yeah. now you know just like we have parts of Earth that are almost pretty much uninhabitable yeah you know what I mean but like back then since everything would be that large you would have large areas that nobody could live in yeah you know what I mean or it'd be just extremely difficult think about the yeah. Sahara Desert think about how like in our <clears throat> actual his- history like a lot of the African tribes uh, south of the Saharan <clears throat> were very much out of contact for a long time with one with Africa north of it or Europe or any of that stuff you know except for on the east coast not so much like that had a lot more trade going on um, yeah. be- between the, the Middle East and India and, and stuff like that. But just big isolation because, like, giant fucking Sahara Desert, no one could goddamn cross. And, like, people weren't really sailing until, 
you know, later, later past, uh, past the Iron Age. And they pretty much would just be sailing around a circle. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. or, or around whatever yeah. the shape of Pangea. And you, got, you also got to take into <clears throat> account how fucking big Pangea is. Because, like, forever people were desperately trying to figure out a way to get to China from, from Europe uh, by sea that wasn't around the, the Horn of Africa. Mm-hmm. Because it took for fucking ever. Yeah. And if that took forever, like, sailing around Pangea would take triple, quadruple the time. Yeah, that would be... Like, I, I really think that, like, it, it just slows down progress. It really does. Until eventually we, we get over the hurdle, especially, like, if we can get to the point where um, uh, flight is possible, that opens up everything. Oh, that's Now true. we're talking, like, crazy communication. Like, I, I don't even know what that looks like. I wouldn't, but if Yeah, we, I was going to say, let's, let's, let's explore that. Yeah. yeah, okay, let's explore that. Like, I think if we yeah. get there, I think whoever's there probably has a good chance of taking over the world. Because it's all one oh, continent, baby. Civilization to get one that. final mm-hmm. empire. Let's go. Like this is it, right? <laughs> like one empire, one land. Like I think that's what happens if we get that far. And I guess that would be a little easier yeah. to do if yeah. you if you had that technology yeah. and you were the only one. Yeah. Then you just have to rule over this one whole continent because it's all together. Yeah, you know true. I mean? Yeah, exactly. Here's the thought. <laughs> this is completely in a different direction. I was thinking about dinosaurs and how like. Um, different prehistoric animals might get integrated into d- domestication. And I just had the wild idea of like fucking barbarians riding pterodactyls. I was just like, <laughs> it would never happen. Uh, yeah. God, could you imagine? Oh It'd be fucking God. badass. Everything that you would see that like from the eighties and nineties yeah. as a kid that you would want yeah, to happen, exactly. which is, is not exactly. true. Like that's what you would hope. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, <laughs> if, if we tame pterodactyls, we get flight early. <laughs> well, yeah, you know what? well, you know what? You actually bring up something I was just thinking about. Yeah. You know, Certain animals and species that we have today, you know, are here because of the separation, right? Yeah. Because certain animals who may have started mm-hmm. on, let's say, Pangaea, but then everything started, you know, yeah. after like, so biodiversity. Years. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. well, if it didn't separate, you know, think about like the different, like, you know, crossbreeding between certain animals that never had the chance to do that, or yeah, sure. even certain animals that we might we might get a lack of like the specialized animals. So, like when we talk about like the separation, like Madagascar and Australia are really good examples of like some wild stuff. But a lot of those animals are so wild because they're highly, highly specialized for their environment. They can't really live anywhere else, and that does have to do with the separation. I don't know if we lose biodiversity so much as maybe it becomes different because. Again, in my little Pangea that I've made in my head, things are pretty damn isolated. Like the stuff in the southwestern corner and the stuff in the northeastern corner are never meeting each other probably unless it can fly. That's the only way yeah, that the and so for all intents and purposes, they might as well be on different continents. I was also thinking too, you know, you know how like certain species they they don't want to introduce into certain areas, mm-hmm. right? Because of the fact that their natural predator may not. Oh, yeah, invasive species, yeah. Yeah, Which, you know, the dingo, that's a great example. The dingo mm -hmm. is an invasive species. But in a world like Pangea... Mm -hmm. I mean, they're they're always going to be there. They're yeah. not separated. There's from only there. there's only one land. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, exactly. So they're yeah. you know they. I don't think anything would ever really get out of hand, yeah. except for what you brought up with the fact that you know flying. You know what I mean? Would birds still need to travel? You know how like some most birds now probably you know, I would need think to so travel from because, north pole to south pole or yeah, like south equator north. There's going to be a portion of Pangaea that's really far south or north probably, unless it somehow like perfectly placed center and like. Instead of like it being tall enough to reach mm-hmm. the northern hemis- northern and southern hemisphere, if it's more like wide, uh, what was that? Long- longitude is yeah, longitude long- or latitude? I don't remember which I think one's it's which. Latitude, but like wide, wide wise <laughs> is what I'll say. Yeah, the width. The, width, the, width that's width. the technical term I'll use. Um, <laughs> that would be interesting because then, yeah, there are no poles, right? And like birds. Don't need to travel because everything's equatorial. That's what I would think. I would um, think that they would make like this weird, I was, uh, you know, elliptical ring. I was know? picturing like, it as being like Westeros, like really tall. Like Westeros is the continent from, uh, from, from, from Game, Game of Thrones. Of Thrones. Yeah. Are you familiar with how it's shaped? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. very, very tall. Mm-hmm. I was thinking of more like that. Um, here's another, here's another yeah, thing. Yeah, I never actually thought of what it would actually I be think like. civil, civilizations that are placed along a large gulf or or peninsula, but a gulf more, or or even inland sea, has a major advantage. Just like in our real life, uh, all the nations around the Mediterranean Sea had a major advantage in being able to cross-pollinate, like, with each other, sail to each other. You know what I mean? Oh, So I think, yeah, like, let's true. say you get, like, a Gulf of Mexico, or, like, or, like, or like some sort of, like... Like where the water... Exactly. 
you're going to get all this coastline here of people that are actually closer to each other because they can just sail directly to each other across this gulf. I think that's going to be the beginning of like a, a nation state that could spread. Oh, that yeah, that's, I see what you're saying. Yeah. And they probably would. See, I think like what you were saying earlier with the, the first civilization that would reach that technology of flight, right? Mm-hmm. I would think that I think that civilization would probably be the the one that you just described. It would probably be where they would have yeah. more people, they would have more the more ideas, they would yeah. have the edge. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Exactly. So that's what I think. There. Here's another interesting thought: is like regardless of whether Pangaea is you know is the only continent or not, and in this scenario we're saying it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's got to be at least a few dozen. Random teeny itty bitty little Hawaii's out there floating oh, around. Oh yeah, there has to be. And like, can you imagine? Let's say somehow human life got on that, like the true isolation. And mm. like, we're talking stuff like we would be talking like isolated islands that like there's no possibility of them coming in contact with other people until somehow the mainland ones can invent can, flight. So it would literally and then actually find them. It would literally be the true version of if you were stuck on a deserted island. Yeah. Like that would be the yeah, deserted island. Small right? tribes on these islands that probably, if you're lucky, there's a tiny little archipelago out there. But mm-hmm. if it's, it's really a lone island, man, that's, that's gotta be a crazy existence. That would you know? be. If that, and if that's your life, that's all you know. So that's what you know. But like, that's just so crazy to me. That's the nightmare version of Gilligan's Island right there. I guess so. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> it could be. Yeah. So, um, I don't know if I have anything to add to that. You got anything else? No, but you know what? It 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 was very interesting because like we, me and me and my wife were were trying to talk this out. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And and it, it was funny because like we probably only talked about it maybe for about ten minutes. And after that, I said, "Oh, you, babe, wait, no." So I was like, "I was like, <laughs> I we're gonna, this. yeah." I was like, yeah. "I gotta save this because we're gonna do it on the on the podcast because oh, sure. I really liked it." Well, thank you, thank you for the question. But dude, could you imagine? <laughs> Breaking news, a new study suggests leaving an iTunes review is very important for newly created podcasts. So to nurture your new favorite podcast, make sure to leave an iTunes review. This has been Fritz Frivolous, reminding you to like, comment, and subscribe. Will and Tom, back to you. And now up to bat for the New York Yankees. Number three, the Sultan of Swat, the King of Crash, the Colossus of Clout, the Great Bambino, Babe Ruth. Here's the windup, the pitch. It's a home run! And we're back. Indeed. So, Will, in case you didn't notice, mm-hmm. baseball season is at hand. It is. It uh, is. What are we? Uh, we're almost halfway through. Nah, not really. We're about a third through now. I don't know if any of the listeners know this about you, but Will loves baseball. I do. I love baseball a lot. I, I wouldn't say I'm an expert, but I know I'm learning quite a bit. Um, I think I've moved into my Im- immediate phase of knowledge. Yeah, I, I on the other hand, sorry, intermediate. intermediate. I, I never really got into baseball. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't mind. I have been to a few live baseball games and I, I love watching it live, like being there at the stadium. I think for almost any sport is definitely an An experience. experience. Yeah. Better than watching it on TV. However, lately, cause Will's kind of been teaching me, I've been like asking him question after question about baseball and he's kind of been teaching me a lot of stuff. So now it's, Watching it on television is a little more uh, entertaining for me. Yeah, I would say you baseball know. is one of those sports where on the surface it looks not very entertaining because uh, mm-hmm. you don't know what you're looking for. The more you learn about it, especially the more you learn about pitching and hitting just in general, um, the more fascinating it becomes. Uh, baseball is more of a chess uh, turn-by-turn game. And yeah. like, when you see the little things going on in every single at-bat, like all the little intricacies and social cues and the signs and, and, and the struggle, like it's fascinating. The drama of baseball is unreal. I love it. Yeah, I think I think what turned me off on it watching it on television at least mm-hmm. was more I was more used to like the faster paced uh, right. sports like yeah. I, you know like football, yeah. 
uh, boxing, MMA, mm-hmm. stuff like that is what I like to watch because there's co- almost constantly some kind of action. Right. Now, when you say football, you mean American football. Oh, yeah, American well, what football. I mean, what, what I find fascinating mm-hmm. about American football is people like to say how action-packed it is. I just find the whole stop and go and stop and go and stop and go mind-boggling. Like, it, I hate it. See, and, like, I, baseball, <laughs> for me, like, mm-hmm. it may appear slow, even though it's not um, – it never stops. Well, and that's not true. Well, see, it does stop here and there, but there's always something to watch. With football, American football, I just feel like between play sucks. Man, see, I I think that I, I don't know. I don't know how many sports fans we have out there listening to us, but I kind of feel like they're going to heavily disagree Probably. only on I the mean, fact that because like- baseball, that's where I thought. But see, you know baseball a lot more than I do, and mm-hmm. that's why when you say like there isn't no stop and go, see to me. There Action only happens when the the ball is hit by the bat. That's right? insanity. I know, right? Because you, because I know you pick up on all the yeah, nuances. No, and there's and so the, much going and, on, and the yeah. signs and stuff. While before the ball is pitched, even right to me, that part is lost. How much? So, am, how much am I telling you about what's happening while it's happening before the pitch is even? Yeah, thrown? exactly. And even then, I'm like, I'm seeing stuff that's happening that my mouth can't move fast enough to mm-hmm. express to you. Yeah. Like, uh, See, but, but that stuff's lost on me. I, yeah. I think that's why if there's any fan, sports fans out there who actually don't like baseball, they think it is slow. I think that's where that yeah, comes that's what in, I mean. On you know the I mean? surface, it yeah. appears slow. The more you learn, the more layered it becomes. Anyways, what's your question? <laughs> <laughs> so the question is, what if Babe Ruth played baseball today? <laughs> okay, cool. And the parameters are... Babe Ruth time travels to our time today <laughs> in his prime. In his prime. And he is allowed to try out and or play for the MLB. I got to pull this up. When was Babe? When was his 1923? So 1923 is when he won his MVP, but I would argue 1920 might have been his best year. Either way, we'll go with 1923. Okay, 1923. So Babe Ruth of 1923 Mm -hmm. time travels into our time today. Okay. And he's allowed to try out and or play for the MLB. Okay. So the objective of this is going to be Compared to players of today, mm-hmm. could Babe Ruth pass tryouts and do well on a Major League Baseball team? And would he be as famous as he is if he started baseball today instead of when he did? Right. Okay. So let me go over some Fritz facts because oh. I, I also feel like just in case people aren't familiar with Babe Ruth because I wasn't. Well, I was, yeah, I was about to ask you what you know about Babe Ruth. Yeah, so let I me. Could, so like, this, go oh, ahead. yeah, oh, go yeah. Ahead. This yeah. is what I know about Babe Ruth summed up. In By the, the way, Fritz I'm facts. not a Babe Ruth expert, like not even close, but yeah. I know a, a more than I probably. You know more than me. I know baseball. Yeah, I know you but, know more yeah. than me. Yeah, go, ahead. go ahead. So the one thing, though, even without researching Babe Ruth at all, uh-huh. is that. He has a candy bar named after him. No, just like, no, just joking. No. I didn't expect that. I know. No, is, uh, is that the famous, you know, story of him pointing out into the stands uh, before he's, you know, yeah, calling yeah, yeah. his shot. Okay, okay. And this Fritz fact actually came from you. Oh. And you told me that that may not be true. Yes, it may not be true. It's actually a big mystery. Do you oh, really? Me? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I can you elaborate. Yeah. Um, so one fun thing about that whole called shot is... One of the reasons it was so hype at the moment, not, it wasn't just because it's fucking awesome by itself, but there was a large amount of animosity between Ruth and uh, they were playing the Cubs. This was in the World Series that this happened, by the way. The called shot is oh, that- in game one or two. I don't know where to be in this story. Um, We'll just say, yeah, Cubs, Ruth, bad blood. The reason there was bad blood was because the Cubs the previous year had won the World Series. And back then, when you won the World Series, the reason it was a big deal was because um, you, the the team got like a big price uh, cash prize, and they mm-hmm. would they would divide it evenly amongst uh, the players who played on the team. Oh, okay. But like there were certain factors that came into play. Excuse <clears throat> me. Like for instance, if you um, were a trade piece that came over halfway through the year, um, you would only get like a half share. Oh yeah. Um, there was one particular player. I don't remember his name. Uh, I think he was shortstop. He got traded to the Cubs really late in the season, but he was integral to them getting to the World Series and winning. And so because he was integral, he probably got more than like how much he would have because he was only there for like 30 games or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, he, but he still only got a half share. And the thing about this guy was he was. God, I wish I remembered his name. He was on the Yankees before. He had a career with the Yankees. He was part of Murderer's Row. You know who Murderer's Row is? 
Uh, you know what? I think I heard that term, but I'm not. Murderers Row was like the Yankees of their prime while they were with Ruth on on the squad. Um, when they won all their World, World Series, Lou Gehrig was on that team. Other oh, famous okay. people too, off the top of my head. Again, I'm not an expert, <clears throat> but this this kid, or he wasn't a kid at this point anymore, but he was part of Murderers Row. Not that he was one of the murderers, just that he happened to be on the team. Anyways, wait, murderers row meaning the the they, squad of dudes on the Yankees. Like when they came like, up to bat, they were called murderers row, oh, and they, they fucking m- dominated baseball. Okay, uh, and not just because of Ruth, but also super because of Ruth. Yeah. But anyways, <laughs> this guy who I can't remember the name of, he used to be part of murderers row. He's on the Cubs, and basically they kind of fuck him out of money. Like oh, he he was integral. They probably should have paid him more. Yeah. Um, the whole Yankee squad took offense that their guy who helped the Cubs win a World Series didn't get paid by the Cubs. Ruth made a big stink about it. He uh, he cursed and he would curse like a sailor, but he was shit talking. He was a big shit talker and he loved attention. So he he was not shy. He was in the newspapers and interviews just talking shit about the Cubs. Um, so when that year, when the Yankees and the Cubs played in the World Series, mm-hmm. and I think uh, the Cubs had home field advantage, so they did most of this in Chicago. Um, Ruth was like, uh, not assailed, assaulted. No, that's not the word, but um, he he couldn't go out in public. People were spitting on him, throwing things at wow, him. And they were really? pissed, <laughs> and and he didn't give a fuck because mm-hmm. he was Babe Ruth. And um, and even when they played the games, like the dugout was screaming at him. There was a point before the game even started where he he announced. Publicly and to the dugout, to their face, he says, we're doing this in four. We're sweeping you. Like, he was a shit talker. And he got people riled the fuck up. So by the time he comes up to bat in the fifth (laughs) for this called shot, um, he's already pissed off the entire city. The crowd's going crazy. (laughs) The dugout's going crazy. Even the pitcher's pissed at him. And um, anyways, there there comes a point where they heat. I think it was two strikes and one ball. And I think the crowd lost their mind because they thought that was strike three. And, like, Babe Ruth does this thing, like, where he holds up two fingers. He's like, that was only two strikes. And then I think it's the next pitch that he he hits out of the ballpark. But there's this point where he does this weird gesture. It's either towards the pitcher or towards center field. And the thing is, like, we don't really have video of this. Yeah. Um, There's a bunch of different accounts from a bunch of different people. Sometimes Babe Ruth claimed he was calling a shot. Sometimes he claimed he didn't. But everyone there that day saw him do some sort of gesture with his hands, and it was in the direction of center field, which, you know, the pitcher, so, is, pitcher is between him and center yeah. field. And then on the very next pitch, the motherfucker hits it, and he hit, he hits a monster of a home run. They say it went 500 feet. It was the hardest a home run had ever been hit at that stadium, yeah. and it was in the direct direction that he may or may not have gestured. So... Well, it sounds like he may have done something, but it may not have been gesturing that he's going to be hitting exactly. out. Exactly. That's exactly Okay, right. so he did do something. Right. They just yeah. weren't sure what exactly. And the thing was. is, Babe's gone back and forth <laughs> on it, and his teammates have been back and forth on it. Uh, but, like, I, I don't think he actually gestured. But I yeah. think the moment is so cool and so legendary that, like, fuck it, he did. Yeah, and you know, know what? You like, to... if you were in the seats that day, if you were a Cubs fan, and you're pissed, and you're yelling, and, you know... Uh, the babe does something and it looks like it looks like he's gesturing. You're like, what the fuck is he doing? And then he immediately, right after that, hits it exactly where he was pointing. Then for all intents and purposes, he did call his shot to you yeah. right there. That's what you just experienced. And you're probably fuming about it. But <laughs> yeah. it's also like, it's probably a weird mixture of fuming, but also just like, you're so impressed. Like, yeah, this motherfucker, be... especially because that happened at the tail end of his career. Like, he was slow and fat by then. Yeah, he was still he was still raking, but he he was not in his prime. Yeah, he wasn't in his prime. So, anyways, that's that's Man. that story. See, that was a good story. That was yeah, a good like that. Uh, let's see next Fritz fact. Let's hope you have another story. No, just playing. Uh, this episode about to get real long. <laughs> yeah, you know this one. This this fact is something that you and I also talked about, and I told you that I had no clue about this. Mm. Ruth first gained fame as a pitcher. Yes, I never heard anything about him pitching in my. Like granted, mm-hmm. I did. I don't. I didn't hear a lot about Babe Ruth. You know, right. a lot of my information from him was either through a movie or something, or right. th- through other people telling me about sure. it. But okay. it, he gained. I, I guess I'll add something <clears throat> to this. But go ahead. Yeah, he first gained fame as a pitcher, although best remembered for swatting a, a prodigious 714 home runs and slugging a .690. 
which remains a major league record. Mm-hmm. Ruth was one of the was one of baseball's most dominant left-handed. Yeah, that's right. Go left-handers. I'm left-handed. Pitchers in the 1910s. He won 89 games in six seasons with the Boston Red Sox, including 24 in 1917, and helped the team win three World Series titles. Oh, he won 89 games across three seasons. Yeah. Okay, I was about to say. Jesus Christ. Ruth only pitched five games for the New York Yankees, and his position switched to outfielder after being sold by Boston before uh-huh. the 1920 season. Okay, we're not. I'm not, so we're even, not even getting in. I'm not about to get into the the uh, what do they call the the curse of the babe uh, on the Red Sox. That's a different conversation. Mm-hmm. I guess I'll just I've mentioned it. So here we go. Sorry, Haley, if you're listening, you already know this. <laughs> uh, babe Ruth's fucking absolutely incredible out the gate. Red Sox trade them for for just straight cash to the Yankees, the rivals. Wow. Red Sox don't win a World Series for. Oh, 102 years, and after people that? are saying it's the curse because because the, they did that. That maybe not 102 years, an extremely long time, yeah. and it's yeah, it's like I think it's called the curse of the babe. Anyways, that's not wow. important here. Um, I guess I'll add two things here. One of two of the main reasons that Babe Ruth is as legendary as he is is because he was both an amazing pitcher and an even better batter, and that's called being a two way player. And there has never been another two-way player on the level of Bay Ruth, which is to say at all mm-hmm. until very, very recently. Um, there is a current player right now, now named Shohei Otani on the angels. And he is for the first time, like he, he's a Japanese player. He came mm-hmm. over here with the intent of being a two-way player. Cause over there, he was a two-way player. Oh, An okay. amazing one, by the way, he came over here and because of injuries and a bunch of other things, he's never managed to do both at the same time. He's been an amazing hitter this whole time. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic. This year is the first year that he's doing both. And fuck, man, he's doing both, man. Oh, really? And he's doing it so good. Like, I have been meaning to catch one of his starts on TV. I don't, I'm not an Angels fan. I don't like the Angels. I have a lot of problems with the Angels organization. I could go on a two hour, like, angry rant about the Angels. I'm not going to do that here. Um, Shohei's amazing, and like I need to catch a start because he's making fucking history right now. No one's seen this shit in a hundred years, not since the Babe Man, never. So, wow. So that's why that's the, that's yeah. one of the reasons why the Babe is so famous is because he did. I guess that's that almost no exactly one hundred years to the year. Yeah, right? I think. Well, I mean, if you, if you pick nineteen twenty-one, yeah. yeah, but uh, nineteen twenty-one. Yeah. Uh, uh, the last thing I'll say <clears> is um, he was so good in comparison to his competition. When I say he was pitching. Uh, just in general, oh. like mostly at hitting, which is what he ends up doing for most of his career. Um, there is a stat here called WRC plus, which is a really condensed stat that basically tells you how good a player is in relation to your average replacement player, right? A mm-hmm. um, hundred is a baseline. So a hundred WRC plus means that you are at absolute average replacement level. Oh, okay. Um, every point above that is 1% better. Every point below that is 1% worse than your average replacement player. Babe Ruth, you said 1923? Mm-hmm. In 1923, Babe Ruth had a WRC plus of 231, which translates to the fact that he was 231% better than your average player. That's fucking mind-boggling. Wow. Now, we'll cover some of my thoughts on that later. Go ahead with the yeah. facts. Uh, Ruth was not a unanimous choice for the Baseball Hall of Fame. A year after his retirement, uh, Ruth was among the five initial inductees elected to the new National Baseball Hall of Fame under construction in Cooperstown, New York. But in spite of Ruth's amazing career statistics, 11 of the 226 voters left him off their ballots. And the Sultan of Swat uh, trailed Ty Cobb as the leading vote-getter. Ruth's plaque in Cooperstown refers to him as baseball's greatest drawing card and proving the point the Hall of Fame last month opened a new exhibit on Ruth to coincide with the centennial of his first big league season. I don't know when this was written, so the saying last month, if that happened, I don't know if that's oh, the time. Yeah, I, I don't know. But uh, the only thing I'll say about that is like, so the thing about the Baseball Hall of Fame is the voters are writers and media people and sometimes baseball people. Babe Ruth was a lot of things, and one of them was a very abrasive person who pissed off a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I personally think, like, from what I know about him, is he's someone that I would have liked personally in real life because he was very real with you. And I think he was he was uncouth 
but he made his uncouthness very articulate in, oh, in the way he spoke. He cursed like a sailor, but man, could he give you an insult, man. Like, <laughs> one that wouldn't even make you mad. You'd be just like, fuck, that was viciously good. You're like, man, you got me. <laughs> yeah, you really did. But, like, he pissed off a lot of people, so I could see why he wouldn't get voted uh, immediately. Um, the last fact that I have, I just thought this was such an odd tidbit of information. Ruth believed for most of his life that he was a year older than he really was. For decades, he, <laughs> for decades, he believed his birthday was February 17th, or I'm sorry, February 7th, mm-hmm. 1894. But when he applied for his passport and had to get a copy of his birth certificate, he found out his birthday was actually February 6th, 1895. You know, sometimes people don't keep track of shit. I know, you know right? I mean? I thought, he, he probably got told something once because it was it was misspoken. He just and carried he just with carried that. It, and he life. said, and even after he found out the true birthday, he never changed it. He, uh, he still, I mean, it just yeah, is I mean, what it why? is just point, a year. Like, who cares, I mean, whatever. Yeah. Um, okay. Is that it for your Fritz fact? So that's it for the Fritz fact. So if we get back to it, yeah. <laughs> How do you think compared to players of today, could Babe Ruth pass tryouts and do well on a major league baseball team? And would he be as famous as he is if he started today instead of when he started baseball back? Okay. So I think what the first thing I'll say is one of the reasons that Babe Ruth was so dominant compared to his contemporary was... First off, segregated, segregated leagues. You had mm-hmm. Negro leagues and you had white leagues. And they no oh, never yeah, played I each never other. I thought about that. Yeah, you're right. And because of that, Babe's not playing against the full pool yeah, of talent. Right. I mean, don't get me wrong. He still was amazing and would have been, you know, almost just as amazing if with the full pool of talent. But, like, there would have been other amazing greats right there with him from the Negro leagues. And we got all amazing stats on them as well. Um, so I think that's part of it. it the, the competition was generally weaker because simply because of the population. Yeah. Number two, though, is just your average player was not nearly as good as players today. And there's a lot of reasons for that. There's uh, a lot about fitness wasn't known or why they accepted. A lot of these dudes were doing this part time. Like oh, being a baseball player right, huh? did not pay unless yeah, you were a superstar and a rich team. Um, yeah, it's not like it is today no. where, you, where even the lowest person is yeah. getting multi-million dollars. Uh, yeah, uh, baseball players today have been like honing their bodies and minds for the sport probably since they were like seven. Yeah. And like they've been training and going into travel ball and then playing in high school and getting scouted and going to college and or the minor leagues and like it's a whole thing. And nowadays they eat the top tr- nutrition. We got... We got analytics for everything. We got biometric analytics. We got for pitchers. We got spin rate and all kinds of other bullshit. We got just machines and cameras measuring everything and giving like players like this untold amount of information. Yeah. And, so. and I learned a little bit about that just from the movie you recommended, which was Moneyball. Moneyball Money is a good movie. If you oh, yeah. haven't seen it <laughs> and you're not sure that you want to watch a movie about baseball well it's not just about baseball no, it's just it's, a great movie You'll it's love just it no a really what. good well-made movie yeah um so i think i think just the caliber of players between now and then they're just on a completely different level um that being said uh babe ruth was absolutely a natural he did work hard he played well he had a great build especially when he was younger mm. he was a big dude a lot of power and was still fast very athletic he's one of those dudes who's like naturally like a Mookie, um, here's another player, Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts is one of the best players in baseball right now. Uh, he's got two rings, an MVP. He's a Dodger. He, um, he's also just notably great at any sport he tries. He's like a world master class bowler as well. And also a world master class ping pong player. Like oh, some really? people just got that athletic <laughs> yeah. gene. Babe Ruth definitely had that. So and those so, are, his, those would be his advantages for bringing, for coming in today. And, Trying out and yeah, if he if he has any edge, it's that. So if he comes in at his prime, he's fucked. He he would never make it. (laughs) What do you mean? He He would never like. Let's say you you got him from his prime, picked him up, brought him here. Now Mm -hmm. he would never make it, and I'll explain why. Pitching nowadays is so much better than it was then. Like you pitchers now are all throwing a hundred miles. Oh, so you're saying even with his natural ability, it's still that's exactly what I'm saying. Um, I just don't think he stands a chance. He's not going to be trained to see balls moving this fast. Or how to hit them. Oh, I see. Um, nowadays we have the shift, which is like basically defensive players exactly where the computers say they need to be based off the hitter they're facing. So anyone who has Babe Ruth's analytics is going to be placed exactly where Babe Ruth, um, you know, hits the ball. Yeah. And so if Babe Ruth isn't like hitting his home runs, he's not going to be ready for the shift. He's going to be uh, flying out, grounding out, 
and you know Fielder's choicing pretty much all the time because um, he because he's not used to that. This is not how baseball used to be. Uh, has, and that's if he can hit the ball, which is moving a million miles per hour and fucking curving and sliding in, in ways he's never seen before. Did they have that? That They never had those type of... They had stuff. So I, I won't say he would be completely unequipped because, like, back then they had uh, much more knuckleballers and spitballers. Um, so spitballers are literally people who spit and or put other shit on the ball <laughs> and then make the ball do loopy-ass shit. Oh. And that, that shit, that was that was banned back in, I think, 30s, 40s, somewhere oh, in there. Okay. After after Ruth, I think either way, like so they don't do that today. No, that's super super not. Not allowed. even knuckleball. Uh, knuckle. Not that knuckleballing is not allowed. It's just difficult and unpredictable. Uh, okay. So so spitballs are unpredictable, hard to hit. Knuckleballs are very unpredictable and hard to hit. Um, so he would have that advantage of being able to maybe make adjustments, but I think it's just such a drastic thing that I don't think he he. Do you think he would even pass tryouts? If he went and tried I out think for, he, let's say, the Dodgers. Another problem, too, is he's so old, right? So getting into baseball at his prime, which would have been his year 28 season, that's so old. Like, people aren't really like, who are you? Like, we got no data on you. <laughs> like, I guess, okay, you, you go to tryouts. You show you show yeah. you, you got the stuff. Oh, no, 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 no. What if he comes? No, he's recognizable as Babe Ruth. Oh, people know he's Babe Ruth? Yeah, oh, yeah. Or, okay. <laughs> so, yes. Okay, so they let him through the door because, of course, they're not going to not. Yeah. Um, yeah, then I think it gets his ass kicked. Because he's not ready. Oh, yeah, you still, don't, you yeah. still think. Now, well, I, what if he had the training, though? What if he, what if he received the training beef, you know what I mean? So like, if you transported kid Babe Ruth to now mm-hmm. and like raised him in the current environment, I think he is, I think he becomes a very good player. I think he even probably becomes like all-star level player. Um, okay. I don't think he's guaranteed to become great though. Like as he was because yeah. of the fact of the, like the segregated leagues yeah, just, and like, like all just the competition. Like, yeah. like there are dudes that are fucking amazing now that, like they're they're quote unquote stars in the baseball community, but outside of that, most people have never heard heard of these guys because baseball's not really as big as it used to be mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Um, but that and just there's other dudes who are way better. Okay, Mike Trout, you've heard of Mike Trout. Mike Trout, he's another angel. Again, I'm not going to get started on the angels. Undisputedly, Mike Trout is the absolute best player in baseball. He is so fucking good, it's unreal. And that's in today's competition. Let me pull up Mike Trout real quick. So Mike Trout has won, I think, three MVPs already. He's only, uh, like, 29 years old. So, yeah, he's been playing since 2011. He's been playing for 10 years. He is currently 29 years old. Um, his best season, from the looks of it here, was in... It's looking like his absolute best season was in 2018. He's got a 188 WRC plus. That's better than any other year I've listed here. There's other factors besides WRC plus. I'm yeah. really simplifying things when I'm just looking at that one stat. Yeah. I could look at war, which is would be simplifying things there too, but we're just using this for now. So 188 is the best WRC plus he's ever had. And he was absolutely amazing that year. My God, look at these stats. But 188 <laughs> versus Babe Ruth's 233, um, that is a full 50% worse oh, than okay. Babe Ruth in comparison to his contemporaries. Just, yeah. Mike Trout is absolutely dominant, undisputedly the best guy in, in, in the world. He's been undisputedly the best player in the world for like six years now, seven years maybe. And he will continue to be for at least four more until maybe he starts to decline. We'll see how he ages. And even as good as Mike Trout is, and they say he might be the best to ever have played. Um, but because of the level of competition, he's mm-hmm. not as much better than the competition than Babe Ruth was in his day. And then earlier, t- so, okay, so earlier then, too, you were also saying how nobody else could be compared to as Ruth except for now. There was a player that you said came from Japan. Oh, Shohei Otani. Yeah. Like, when it comes to the being a two-way player, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So, like, but his stats or whatever, what would you call it, the WRC um, him, like- it's, uh, I guess I could pull him up. The WRC plus is really only going to pertain to his offense. Oh, okay. Um, pitching and, and batting are two, like they get treated completely different. Cause the fact is most pitchers never bat and or are terrible at it. So no one cares. Yeah. Except for the ones when, when they get hits. I love it when pitchers hit and I'm so sad it's going to be <laughs> gone after this year, which I'm not going to get into right now. <laughs> um, what did you want? Do you want me to look up something about Shahatani? Oh no. I just thought, you know, when, cause you were saying how, if anyone were ever to ever able to really be compared to, to right Ruth, now, it's right, Shohei Otani. It would be him. And, but here's the thing: like 
So he's doing it this year, and it's amazing. Mm-hmm. And that's why I want to catch a start, because I don't know how long this is going to last. Even Babe Ruth only did it for eight years. Like, he was really a really good pitcher, too. Yeah. But eventually, it started to slide in the direction of batting was was outweighing the pitching. And, he, you know, they just had to give it up. So, theorize, if Babe Ruth were, you know, received the same training yeah. today and everything, yeah. do you think... Uh, he could do both? Yeah. No. You, oh, you don't think he not. would be able to do no, both no. anymore? I think the fact that Shohei is doing it is so incredible. Pitching... Pitching is so much harder and crazier and more skilled and specialized now that, again, most pitchers can't hit at all because they spend all their time focusing on how to be a great pitcher. Like, you don't have time to do both. You so can't, you think not he at would a competitive still be level. the only one doing this? Yes, Shit. I yeah. think so. I mean, may, see, it's it's hard to quantify Babers' natural talent, right? Yeah. And I'm sure it would go a long way. But, like, I'm going to guess on the conservative side of things, and I'm going to say... If Babe Ruth came to our time period and got trained from the right age to become a, a major leaguer, mm-hmm. I think conservatively I would bet that he would become an all-star level player. And I think he would be famous still because of his attitude. I think his attitude oh, mixed with the fact that he is still very good, he would be he would be a bit of an icon. So he would be the big draw still. He, I think he, he would be yes, a big draw. I think so, yeah. yes. I think he would still be a huge draw, but I don't think like he wouldn't become the legend yeah. that he was. So recap: if if it really was Babe Ruth and he did time travel in his prime mm-hmm. here, he most likely would not be a great baseball player compared to no. He'd probably the rest be of the pretty players. bad. Yeah, yeah, but still be a big draw. Oh well, yeah, because everyone knew he had Babe Ruth. Spot. Here he is. He man. would probably be most yeah. mostly used as almost kind of like a mascot, right? If right. you think about yeah. it, you know what I mean. I mean, th- imagine. Imagine how many ticket sales would just be, be contributed everyone, just everyone. to him. Well, I mean, you could say that about almost any time traveler. Uh, well, yeah, I guess extent, so, yeah. But yes, but, yeah. absolutely. You are correct. But dude, go Dodgers. And that is all we have for you tonight. We will continue to bring you up-to-date coverage as new imaginings develop. Please don't forget to leave an iTunes review, like, subscribe, and leave a comment. Remember you can follow us on YouTube and on Twitter at DCYImagine. And if you would like to contact us or tell us what you are imagining, you can email us at dudecouldyouimagine at gmail.com. This has been Fritz Frivolous, and from all of us here at Dude Could You Imagine, keep on imagining. (laughs) Yes! Don't don't change it. I'm not. (laughs) I'm not. That's that's the... (laughs) That's dude, gonna that's be it. it. Uh, I was dude, this whole time. This whole time, I was thinking like, you know, what? I'm gonna end it with dude. Go Dodgers. Fuck yes. <laughs>